0: Welcome back to another episode of Hot Mass Espresso. So excited to bring you guys this episode. So let's just get into it. So we have a fantastic guest today. I've been on her podcast, Connection Over Perfection, and we actually met on the new millennial version of LinkedIn, TikTok. She's a mother, artist, podcast host, therapeutic nutritionist, holistic badass, and all-around amazing human. Please welcome my dear friend, Amber McRae. Hi, beautiful.
1: Hi. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thank you for having me. So, yeah, we we met on TikTok and have our just mutual little witchy, holistic things in common. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then I found out that you have a podcast. So tell, I, I mean, I know what your podcast is about, but for those that don't know, what is Connection Over Perfection about?
1: Um, Basically, it is everything about connection. We talk about holistic nutrition. We talk about mental health. Um, I'm a huge advocate for emotionally focused therapy. We talk about herbs and food and um, connections to ourself and one another. That's, I'm really big on helping people learn how to become more connected to themselves and one another and really creating safe connections.
0: Yeah. I love that. I, I love every episode that you've, it just, it makes me think more and gives me, gives me more to think about, especially because we all, some of us want to be super holistic and stuff like that but feel like we don't have the energy and I feel like a lot of the guests on your podcast help either like talk about it or like tips and tricks and stuff like that it depends on you know which episode but I I just I love the way that you find people that have managed to work with like mental health and the more holistic end of things for people like me that want to be more holistic but have zero idea really where to start or how to upgrade it and stuff like that. So I I love that so much. Uh,
1: Thank you. Yeah. One thing I try to do is baby step it is sometimes it's so hard to figure out where to start and it's all so much to do. So that's one thing I try to do is help people baby step it into it because we're not all going to be perfect ever. (laughs) So we're just trying to do the best that we can.
0: We're just trying our best bestest over here. So, What actually inspired you to become a therapeutic nutritionist?
1: Great question. So it was actually two different modalities um, that I work with. I do the holistic nutrition and then emotionally focused therapy. So for the holistic nutrition, it was really my love for nature and finding um, alternative medicines that kind of led me down that path, but what really dove me really deep into starting and using it in my business is that my son was having these headaches and stomach aches and the doctors just chalked it up to him being a boy and they couldn't really tell me anything. They couldn't help me. So along my journey, I found this test, uh, a delayed food allergy test that really gave me insight to another tool that I might be able to use to help my son and in doing that um, it did in fact help we removed a lot of the foods that were so-called healthy um, by definition of nutrient density but not for his body and I had asked uh, his doctor to give him this test and they flat out told me they would not that it cost too much money And he would have to continue to get his blood drawn over and over to because they wanted specific. Like, do you think that he's allergic to green beans? And if so, we'll test him on that. And if that doesn't come back, then we'll test him on this Mm -hmm. versus a full spectrum panel, which I thought was absolutely asinine. And I was like, I'm not having my baby boy get pricked all of the time when you could just run a full panel. It doesn't make sense. So... Um, Once we figured out what was happening and we removed the foods, funny enough, his headaches and stomach aches went away. And I'm not saying that's a cure-all be-all, but it was a huge tool in his healing journey. So that was the holistic nutrition side and emotionally focused therapy. um, My daughter and my brother, within a two-year span, this always gets me emotional. Um, I, I almost lost them. Yeah, they did not want to be here anymore due to, you know, trauma, depression. They just, however you want to label that, they just did not want to be here anymore. And so I was on a mission on how to reconnect with my daughter and my brother and which uh, led me down to a lot of different types of therapies and counselors and everything like that. nothing really worked until I found Emotionally Focused Therapy and it really helped me build that bridge and what I learned from that is that it's not my job to fix them it's my job to just love them where they are and once I did that life changed and it forever changed my life their life and now everybody that I come in contact with I love that
0: yeah I I think what you just said with it's not your job to fix them but just love on that's so important because I think a lot of Mm -hmm. I know people around me just want to do something tangible to help. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Like if I could have figured out how to fix this, I would have literally Bob the builder it myself. And <laughs> I, it's like, can we fix this? No, the fuck we can't. So <laughs> I think that's so important with what you just said. It's, you can't fix it. You just have to love them through it. The best you can. And I, I'm sure as a mom and as a sibling, that was the hardest thing you ever had to do was to kind of sit back and not jump in with both feet, trying to figure it out.
1: Yeah, definitely. It was because when I did that, it just disconnected
0: us more. Yeah. Cause as somebody that has struggled with that, the last thing we want is somebody to come in and be like, how can we fix it? How can we fix it? I I don't know. I don't. And you wind up pushing people away. So I I love that. I think if anybody takes anything from this episode, that is one of the top three things that I want them to take. You cannot fix it. You just have to love them. That is, whew, I have chills.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's the biggest thing that I learned in this whole thing is that's the core to what I do is I remember sitting in the counseling chair and she, the counselor looked at me and she said, you know, if you want to help your daughter, um, you won't send her here. You will come and you will sit in this chair because there's nothing wrong with your daughter. It's just Mm. how you're reaching her.
0: I love that. I love, I, I, If you're a parent out there and your kids are struggling, I think that's something that really needs to resonate. I really think it does. And that's it's just so important. I'm so glad you said that.
1: It was the most humbling thing I had ever had to experience as well because you (laughs) really forced me to deal with my own shit. Mm -hmm. Um, It forced me to deal with how I communicate, what triggers me, because it wasn't about what was wrong with her. It was about how I was connecting with her why i felt like i needed to fix her instead of just um just loving her where she was and that came from my fear and so i began to parent out of love versus fear mm. um which was a huge shift for me
0: yeah i'm i'm sure it was and i'm guessing that <laughs> it's okay it's okay i i'm shocked i haven't cried on this podcast yet honestly <laughs> um so I'm assuming that things are not necessarily better with her headspace, but obviously you guys are pretty close from the sounds of it now.
1: Yeah, so, you know, it's an ongoing journey, and that's the thing about this mm-hmm. is is that you feel like once you get through it and you build that bridge that it's all going to be great. That's not the way it works, is that we're going to be disconnected from time to time but the difference is, is that, um, I can give her space to not be okay. Right. And I can honor my own fear in that it triggers my little girl being abandoned. There's mm-hmm. so much that goes into this, um, that the big difference is that when we disconnect now, I am able to just hold space for her and allow her to not be okay and continue to be safe and validate her feelings, which is something is very hard as a parent to do because we we want we have our own feelings. And that's why it's so important that um, we have a safe person because when I need my feelings validated, I will then go you know to my husband afterwards and bawl my eyes out and he will validate my little girl, but it gives me space to be able to validate
0: her little girl right and that's that's so important I I, I want to point out that like the one thing I've noticed you've done when it comes to holding space is not necessarily repeat back what people just say but you're giving like your spin on it and how you're interpreting and you're you're saying is that close and I feel like that's so validating for a lot of people because it's then it's like you're not listening to respond you're listening to truly hear. So when you're repeating things back, either verbatim or just like paraphrasing what somebody just said, I think that's so important when it comes to holding space for people, because then it's like, no, you actually heard what I was saying, especially because communication can break down so quickly and how somebody interprets what somebody else said determines their answer. So I love the way that you re- you kind of repeat back or paraphrase just to make sure that you're actually understanding what they mean. And I think that's so important when we're just listening to people, whether it be a parent, a friend, um, a a child, a sibling, stuff like that. So I just kind of want to point out, I love when you do that. I think it's super, super, super important. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's,
1: goes back to helping people feel seen and heard and validated and I think in this world of me too and trying to fix it most Mm -hmm.
0: people just want to be heard and seen exactly I yeah exactly so kind of circling back I well thank you for sharing that I know that was probably tough it doesn't matter how many times you repeat it or retell (laughs) it it never it never gets easier it never gets easier (laughs) Um, so thank you for sharing that. And, yes. you know, thank you to your daughter for obviously probably giving you permission to be able to share that story. Yes. Um, but to kind of circle back, I'm very, very interested in the holistic nutrition end of things, especially with how it can connect to mental health. And how much myth wise do you kind of hear about gut health and What's like one or two myths that just literally make you go like, Oh my God, that's not correct. Like what, what's something <laughs> that you feel like in your research and in your, you know, your journey, what are a couple of things that you feel like you want to debunk when it comes to the gut health end of things when it comes to mental health?
1: Um, That's a great question, and um, I think before I dive into that question, I kind of just want to give a little overview of why we hear about gut health and mental health and that connection, because Mm -hmm. I know it comes up so often in so many different things. So for those that don't really understand or don't know or understand why it's always brought up, um, you know, the gut is linked to mental health through what scientists like to call the gut-brain axis and this connection um, exists because of the intricate communication between your gut and your brain and um, that goes on some different levels so the um, microbiome your gut consists of trillions of tiny microorganisms that uh, collectively are known as the gut microbiome and these microbiomes play a huge role in breaking down food and producing various compounds So some of these compounds can influence your brain chemistry. So that's one, um, they're neurotransmitters. Your microbiome can produce neurotransmitters, which are chemicals that transmit signals to your brain. So for example, they can produce serotonin, uh, fun fact, that 95% of the body's serotonin is actually produced by the gut. So, which is, one huge fact in why it's connected to mental health.
0: So you literally um, are what you eat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or you are what your body can absorb Ooh, is that, what I yeah, like to say. That is very
0: true. <laughs> yeah. Because everybody just absorbs things differently.
1: Yes. And that kind of goes into um, later what we talk about, about the gut and how um, it's individualized. Right. Um, so, they produce, your microbiome can produce um, serotonin and uh, a transmitter that regu- regulates your mood, basically. When the gut microbiome is out of balance, um, it can lead to changes in those neurotransmitter levels hmm. um, which affect your mental well-being. <laughs> right. So also the huge thing um, is the immune system. Our gut is, uh, when your gut is unhealthy or inflamed, it can trigger an immune response that releases chemicals known as uh, cytokines. And these cytokines um, can affect your brain and contribute to conditions like depression and anxiety. And cytokines are just small proteins that um, are important for cell signaling. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the vagus nerve. This is huge because the vagus nerve is the long nerve that connects your gut to your brain. So it serves as a communication highway, basically, allowing you know signals to travel um, to the two. And the connection enables the gut to send information to the brain, which influences the mood and emotions. So um, this is why it is so talked about with mental health and the gut is because they are 100% Connected.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely. Right.
1: Um, so one back to the question is, you know, one myth that I see and hear all the time is that there's one modality to fix your gut. I see even herbalists like this protocol is gonna fix your gut completely and you're gonna be cured from it. Or, you know, if you take this probiotic, then your gut is going to be healed, or if you, you know, eat sauerkraut or kombucha, then it, you know, it has those beneficial bacteria. Then it's going to be healed. So it's like this one-size-fits-all type thing mm-hmm. that um, I I just don't believe is true. And so when I hear somebody saying that this their product, this one modality, is going to heal the gut, that's not true. It takes the whole body. It's right. Lots of different modalities.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've I've definitely seen some of those um some of those little drinky drinks that are like this is going to make you so much more patient and nice and I'm like no. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: obviously you don't know me.
0: <laughs> yeah, literally like if if I could to have a juice that made me nicer like i'm generally a nice person but you know but (laughs) people be trying me sometimes and (laughs) the lord is testing me and i didn't study (laughs) (laughs) so obviously with you know obviously knowing mental health and gut health are linked um i feel like like you were saying, there's there's definitely more of a movement, especially now, to be kinder to ourselves nutritionally to combat mental health issues. And I guess you kind of talked about it with the myth, but what are you finding limitation wise in some of these theories especially with like the theory that um your gut if you fix your gut you'll fix you kind of thing that's kind of the mentality like we need to be kinder to ourselves nutritionally but also like they're saying that like the gut fixes literally all so what what are some limitations with kind of that theory on the the microbiome and the gut and all of that.
1: Yeah. I, I love that you brought this up because I think it's a really huge topic right now. And um, I think we just need to be really careful about that one size fits all type thing. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like it is kind of goes back to that Western medicine where we pinpoint and pick things out and we address one area versus addressing the whole person. Mm -hmm. And with anything else, you know, especially mental health, it's the individual. Everybody is different. And Mm -hmm. so one of the limitations is that, is that we all have different needs, different lifestyles, different nutrients that we are either lacking or too much of. And so when we put this blanket on it, we're really doing a disservice. So that's one of the reasons that I love using the um, delayed food allergy test or the food um, allergy sensitivity is because if we're talking about the gut, knowing what foods are good for us is going to be a great start, but I don't see that talked about, um, you know, inflammation and making sure that our gut microbiome, if it's so important, why are we not starting with the foods that we're consuming every day and knowing what is good for us? So that's one of the limitations, mental health that, Again, we're trying to box people in. We have, well, I think that there is benefit from the, like the DSM-05 and other things like that. I do think that it's boxing people in and Mm -hmm. not allowing us to actually look at the individual and seeing what they need as a whole person. It's more of just this standard, okay, this person has this, we're going to give them this and we're going to do this. Versus, Amber, you know, what is your background? What is your mental health history? What is your attachment history? What are all of these things that make up you so we can address those? Um, so I think that that's huge. Having a safe place. This is not talked about, having either a safe person or a safe place. I just don't think is talked about. Um, which plays a huge role in all of these things in our mental health and in our gut, because if we're just trying to take a probiotic, but we're not dealing with the other factors in our life, say, such as our home situation or our marriage or our relationship with our parents or our work, you can take that probiotic all you want to, but if you're still can, producing those, that stress, the stress hormones, and you're still living in fight or flight and cortisol is pumping through your body all of the time, you're not going to be able to make up enough um, beneficial bacteria for what else is running havoc within your body. It So those things, um, I believe. And then another huge one is that literal limitations on these tests, like I mentioned with my with my son are not given by most doctors so I run for um, the people that I work with I run the food allergy test and I run a, a GI map and most those are are not covered by insurance
0: right the
1: ones and so to be able to really get to the root cause it sometimes can cost a lot of money for people that really can't afford it
0: And the tests that
1: are given by Western medicine and doctors are slightly different. They're not as sensitive as other tests that you can get. So it can miss different things and different aspects and what's happening within your body. So access, you know, finances, all of these things that are holding people back and they feel like their hands are tied because really honestly they are. If you don't have enough money to find a holistic doctor, or to take the steps to get these tests on your own you're kind of left up left into the hands of your doctor and it you know there are a lot of really good doctors out there Mm -hmm. um but yeah there really are um but for the most part if you don't know what's happening or how to address it you just have to trust that your doctor is doing the right thing and sometimes they just don't have the time or space or energy or information to be able to provide what you need individually because they are very limited in what they can actually do not because they don't want to but because of the way that things are structured
0: yeah that's what i was gonna that's actually what i was gonna add i feel like a lot of doctors i know like my traditional doctors they do um appreciate the more holistic out of things but they're kind of they're limited you can't get a referral to a holistic doctor like ever and they're kind of limited by the different blood tests that they can do I know I've had family that their thyroid levels were fine were fine were fine they went to the holistic doctor and the holistic doctor ran a different kind of blood test and that's how they found thyroid issues you know it explained so much for them but they spent years in a traditional doctor's office trying to figure out what was going on and unfortunately their doctor was kind of limited
1: yeah i love that you brought that up because it was actually in my notes to bring up is that the testing
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and the ranges can be very different so like you were saying the thyroid testing, right? So they can run the thyroid testing and their range from the research that I have found is that the range for most Western doctors just keeps you from disease. So when you're here in this threshold and you're not in disease, you can be one point or whatever and you're in disease now. And so if you are right before disease, they, they count that as you are Literally. okay, and then when you step over, then you're in disease. Whereas functional ranges, they want you over here in the middle, far away mm-hmm. from the range of disease, which is something that's not talked about either in 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 comparison, and the differences in being able to um, run different tests or reading the tests yeah. even slightly yep.
0: different. Because I mean, we're we're going through it with my husband right now. He. Has his, his traditional thyroid levels are elevated, but because they're not elevated to a point where he's on medication, they're just like, well, they're elevated, but we'll just monitor it. And I'm like, what? (laughs) So now I'm kind of going down a little bit of a rabbit hole of figuring out what foods he hates all vegetables. So this is really fun. Um, You know, he has to stay away from (laughs) potatoes. I'm not fighting that fight. You know, that kind of thing. So, like, the foods and stuff like that will, like, yeah. it's not going to cure his thyroid. Like, runs in his family. But the fact right. that they're just like, oh, yeah, it's bad. But not bad enough to put on medication. But bad enough to not be in a normal range. Good luck. And it's so irritating because I'm like, yeah. okay, well, we're signing you up for this holistic doctor in this area. Like, we're going to figure out, like, what exactly it is. Yada, yada, yada. But it's just... You know, I, I kind of feel bad for traditional doctors because they are so limited. They're like, well, until we can like put you on medication, we'll monitor it, I guess.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of the census and and why it is, I'm yeah. sure, frustrating for them as well. But you know, kind of back to the gut is like this basis is a lot of people with thyroid yep. issues have gut issues because it all stems. From It starts, you know, a lot of it starts there. Mm-hmm. It's not the cure-all, be-all, but it is definitely, um, I would say, the breeding ground and the starting point for so yeah, many things. Yeah, and different to kind of things. circle back a little
0: bit with what you're saying, it's not the cure-all, be-all. Because you can't, you can't untraumatize somebody. So it doesn't matter how much you, you know, right. eat healthy and drink your kombucha. I will never. Um, you can't. Untraumatize somebody, <laughs> so I think a lot. I think a lot of it has to do with like environmental, like yeah, like I I suffer from adrenal fatigue, like crazy, and I can't unstress myself out. Like my my baseline is my baseline, so it's just doing what I can to kind of minimize the damage. But yeah, environmental kind of puts, in my opinion, puts a lot of the gut fix kind of out of that control area of control.
1: Yeah, I think I hear you saying that um, your environment and what's going on around you plays a huge role, even almost more over what's happening in your gut, because if you don't have this under control, then your gut is never really yeah. going to be in control. And, and is that this is close? this is a
0: prime example of how she yeah. like repeats things back to understand. So <laughs> th- this is what I mean, and it's <laughs> fan freaking tastic that she does this because it's just making sure that she's got all of her bases covered on what I just said. I love that about you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So thank you very much. Yeah, um, um, I just had like one more question, and it kind of like popped up, but. What is the delayed food allergy test? Because I have never heard of this.
1: (laughs) I love this topic and I won't talk about it for hours because we don't have hours, but, um, it is an IgG test, which is, um, uh, the IgG antibody test. So it tests, um, against your immune system, basically how these foods respond or react to your immune system. Um, I have found, I have not found, one Western medicine doctor that will give the IgG test. Okay. They will give an IgE test, which is more like the anaphylactic, which like if you eat nuts and your throat swells and you take a Benadryl and you're cool. Right. So the half-life of that is like 24 hours where the half-life of the IgG antibody is 28 days. Okay, so when people say that they don't have any allergies, it's because this is something that we're not talking about, the delayed food allergies. These symptoms can be, the list is immense. These are just a few. Let me just say, these are only a few Mm -hmm. of the responses. Um, You could have um, fatigue, um, Mm -hmm. irritable, like bowel syndrome, um, IBS, um, constipation, um, bloating, The back and forth between um, diarrhea and constipation, um, dark circles under your eyes, inflammation is huge, um, itchy ears, eczema, psoriasis, chronic ear infections. The list just goes on because what this does is when you consume foods that your body sees as a pathogen, it attacks it because it thinks that it's harming your body. And so your immune system is attacking this and not focused on healing your body. So this is why if you're consuming a lot of foods that your body sees as a pathogen, your immune system, you don't have any left to fight any other infection. And so this is why I don't, I don't know why more people aren't talking about this. And I have heard that some people do not agree with this test because it's again it's not an end-all be-all this isn't going to fix it it's just a tool we i couple this with an elimination diet to release any false positives um what that means is we remove these foods that come back for a certain amount of time because we want your body to feel what it feels like to actually feel good most of us don't even know what it feels like to feel good and so when you bring these foods back into your diet, you can actually feel, hey, does this feel good or not? And the end all be all is how you Mm -hmm. feel at the end of the day, right? These are just tools that help you. Um, And so this is one reason I absolutely love this test. It is 184 foods and herbs that um, runs against your immune system. It, It shows you, it takes out the guessing An elimination diet on itself is so hard to do because, first of all, you don't know what to eliminate, right? You're just, you're shooting in the dark, basically. And when you eliminate it, if you don't eliminate it long enough and you introduce it back, it's not going to do anything. And if you don't eliminate all of the things, your body is still being attacked from other things that it's trying to fight off. So this is why um, I have a really hard time with... um, telling people what foods to eat. I don't do that. I will say the structure of this food is really good. And in its natural form, this is nutritional, but I will not tell people what to eat because I don't know what's good for your body. The same that I experienced with my son is that we were giving him all the healthy things, kale, you know, almond milk. Um, we were doing, uh, all the alternatives, well, it comes to find out that he is sensitive oh to all of those things, right? So when, when people say that they're choosing healthy foods, I'm like, but is it right. healthy? Is it good for you? But like you would think
0: kale and almond milk are fine, depending on how the almond milk is made. Right. That's, that's crazy.
1: <laughs> and we it goes off... Um, like three different levels. Oh, okay. Um. Well, four different levels. So, like a, a no sensitivity, a low sensitivity, a moderate, and then a high sensitivity. And it's actually one of the other things why I'm so passionate about it is because I suffered vertigo extremely bad, and I was taking ginger chews and honey and all of those things to combat the, the queasiness and all of that. And come to find out I was highly sensitive to both ginger and honey, which was making me spiral deep into my vertigo symptoms. And when I stopped that, I very, very rarely get vertigo spouts unless my immune system is low from like
0: stress or something like that. (laughs) That is interesting. And I'm glad you brought up the like all the healthy food end of it because you know I you all hear you know eat kale eat this eat that and it may not work for you right
1: and this it just brings me back to that whole person and just really individually individualizing the protocols and
0: how we work with people I mean I literally wrote down like I took notes while you were talking because I'm definitely looking into this just for myself because, you know, with all of my medical stuff, it would definitely be interesting to see what, what I'm eating. And I mean, granted, we live in the U.S. where pretty much nothing we eat is good for us because of all the crap they put in it. I said what I said. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we just know, do what like we can't. Imported here, okay? from another country, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab that versus something that's made in the U.S. Like, I'm sorry, but there's a lot of ingredients that are illegal and banned mm-hmm. in just about every developed country except for the U.S. And that's not something we're talking about enough. Yes. Don't even get me started on dyes. But <laughs> I agree. I was gonna say we could talk about the, that the for things, hours. I didn't realize that there's dyes in Tylenol. I literally was like, excuse me? Yes. It's, it's insane. Like, I'm just trying to get rid of my headache. Like,
1: what? It's like white yogurt. There's red dye 30. It's, I'm like, how does that even, like, wait, it what? It just makes
0: zero sense <laughs> that there's dyes and things that I'm just like, oh, my God, just let it be a bland color. Call it a day. You know, so, but, yeah, I could go on for with about dyes for hours. But, yeah, I just, we. I'm sorry, red dye 40. Look, red not dye not red anything. Dye there's, like eight, there's like eight of them. Like, red dye is the worst. <laughs> you don't press the red button. You don't eat the red dye. <laughs> um (laughs) so yeah it's exactly it's just gonna be I'm I'm very interested to eventually take this and see like what I'm sensitive to and I'm gonna make my husband do it to see what he's sensitive to you know when we can like when we're not in the middle of buying a house and can afford such frivolous things um but yeah I this has been so eye-opening and so enlightening and I'm so glad we connected. If I say so glad one more time, I'm gonna scream. But I am Damn. just very grateful that we connected <laughs> and we're kind of, you know, alike souls on what we what we want yes. out of life and things. And you know, we we both have the commune in the middle of nowhere dream <laughs> in like ten years. Like give me some like, land, yes, get me a exactly. double wide. I want all the animals. <laughs> I don't want to see people. Yes. You know, so <laughs> I, I want to live off Amen. the land as much as I can. I do want you <laughs> know like, plumbing and cell service, but you know, living off the land, like I'm, same, I'm willing same. to be off the grid to a point. Right, we right. still need to, be able still to do our podcast and work with people and things people. like that. But yeah, yes. So I think to wrap this up, it is time for the first ever rapid fire. So we are gonna this or that. Okay um don't think about it too much just the first thing that comes to mind there's only five of them so it's not it's a little like family feud but okay. you know a little easier but um so in the spirit of it being you know spooky season and we're both you know a little witchy a little you know divine yes whatever ma'am. um and then i threw in you know like <laughs> a basic bitch this or that so without further ado um pumpkin or apple sounds good pumpkin full moon or new moon full moon oracle cards or tarot cards oracle cards see I'm very much a tarot card girl I'm new to that I'm new to that so yeah on my radar but yeah Yeah, it's a lot simmer pot or smoke cleanse smoke cleanse and then last but not least Halloween or Christmas Ooh, Christmas Ooh. I did not see that one coming
1: I love Christmas. I'm a sucker for Christmas. All the things magical, give me all the lights, all the pretty bows and I've loved Christmas since I was little.
0: Yeah, I like them both. I do love them both, but I am definitely a Halloween year-round girl. Mm. I do love Halloween, but it was Christmas was
1: extremely huge in in our household mm. and We just did so many connecting traditions. I think that that plays into it. Like we, yeah, it was huge. Now that you mention it, I I guess I really didn't make that correlation before. So I love that you asked this question. Um, Me too. A lot of connecting traditions, gingerbread houses, going to see lights, the hot cocoa, coloring, Christmas, like movies, Uh, singing songs, baking cookies, like all of those things that my mom did a really, really great job in like instilling with my Mm -hmm. siblings and I, that I, I did carry over to my kids and they both are very much love Christmas, even though my daughter, I think it would be hard for her to choose between Halloween and Christmas, but I think ultimately she would choose
0: Christmas as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking out the time and coming on. I have loved talking to you. I, I mean, I always love talking to you, yes. but I have <laughs> loved talking about all this. This is this has been very eye-opening.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. I absolutely love this platform that you've created and everything that you're talking about here. Like you said, we just connected and we vibe on that same frequency, and yep. so you're doing amazing
0: things. Thank you so much. Thanks, thank you. So, yeah, you can catch Amber over on her podcast, Connection Over Perfection, um, and you can find that where? Spotify? Spotify and I think all major platforms. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I will link her socials, her podcast link, all of that in the description on this podcast and also on the um, Instagram post and all of that. So you'll be able to very easily find her. Amber, it was so good to see you.
1: Thank you, you too, sweetheart.